Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Romans 15. Turn in your Bibles if you're able to. Remain standing. Romans 15, find verse 13. Oh, I've changed my mind. You may be seated. We're probably going to go to the scripture. Just stay there. Lord, I just don't want to rush. Just want to just hold on a second. You're amazing. I got this message as I was driving home after church. I've been working on it at some point or another, but working on lots of different things to bring you. I seek the Lord and pray that he would help me to bring forth the word of the Lord for every time I come. I don't have 52 messages because we preach 300 and 400 times anyway. 51 message for every you know week, 52 weeks in here. That's not how we do it. We seek the Lord and pray. I milk a lot of cows, but make my own butter. I resource myself. I've got favorite preachers and books I read and all kinds of stuff, and I'm constantly looking. And one of the things I hear the Lord saying is that he's cleansing his church to bring a great move of the Spirit of God. I hear the Spirit of God saying many, many different things to us. And um, anyway, this morning I was I was moved by the message myself. And from emails and texts and people calling, apparently lots of others were too. And if you were not here, then you need to go ahead and get the message. It'll, if it's not up yet, it'll be up here shortly. And so I was driving home and I was talking to my mama. I, I usually ask my wife, was, was that all right? She says, oh, power, God, thank you, Jesus. Okay, praise God. And, and many times I'll call my mom, Mom, did I preach okay? I don't usually ask anybody else, but I will ask my wife. And I'm, I'm not in it for a popularity contest, but just making sure. Pastor Karen keeps me, uh, helps me, helps me to, to be more of a statesman. I'm kind of a, I'm going a little bit wild, but she... She really helps me. And I know you're all waiting for me to crank a joke right now, but I'm not going to. I just want to say thank you. Because otherwise we'd have like 10 people in the church and I just want to say thanks. And my mom, I'm so grateful. She's my chief intercessor, along with my wife, of course. And so I called my mom. We were just rejoicing. And, and um, we were talking about you know, how God brought some people in the church that she invited and they came and got done. I don't know if they're here tonight. I wouldn't want to embarrass you, but I was just grateful for that. And as you were talking, you said something like, there's hope everywhere. There's this explosion of hope. And I, I was driving past a road sign. They're doing road work, which is common in Alaska in the summer. And it was like the sign spoke to me. It was like it was like the words on the sign just came off and God, God spoke to me and, 
So I'm going to preach to you on hope, overflowing hope. Overflowing hope from Romans chapter 15. But, but before we do, I want to prophesy over this precious lady right here. Hi. My name is Pastor Daniel. I think we met before. Nice to see you. You're in an incredible time of transformation in your life. The Lord's going to reveal some of the reasons that, that different decisions have happened around you, even in your extended family, some of the ways that things went when you were a young girl and some of the ways that, uh, that shaped really who you are. You're a woman of excellence, and God's given you a gift of leadership, and the Lord's going to elevate you. This next year, 20 into 21, is going to come an explosion of elevation for you. I've given you wisdom. I've called you, my hands upon you, and I'm going to anoint you to speak with the elders in the gate. Now, that's, a, that's biblical language to say this, that I'm going to put my power on you to communicate with people in high places to make decisions that affect actually the community. And I, you don't see yourself fully the way that the Lord wants you to, but that's happening. Something's opened in your heart. Something's opened in your life. It's like a, a, a voice is calling you up higher, and you're entering on into this season. All of 2021 will be marked with incredible breakthrough, emotionally, physically, financially, and throughout your entire family. You've prayed, he's heard your cry, he's seen your tears when you sat on your bed at night and you asked and you interceded. God heard that and he's gonna come and answer the very words he heard you say. Listen closely, the very words I heard you say, that I will do. And so be careful as you speak before him, knowing that your words carry great weight, that the power of the tongue, there's life and death. And as you speak life, you will see death turn away and you'll see the blessing of God come in an unprecedented way, says the Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. All right, stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up all across this place and give a better hand clap to Jesus. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you, New International Version. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. I have written you quite boldly on some points as if to remind you of them again because of the grace of God given to me to minister, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus and my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, verse 19, by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not 
be building on, an, on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Verse 23, But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to come see you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and have you assist me on my journey there, that after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Move in great power. Would you, if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, won't you do that now? Move in great power. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Overflowing hope. Overflowing hope is the title of the message. And that is what I'm experiencing, and I'm seeing it in the lives of so many others. Overflowing hope. Despair has been the order of the day. My gosh, we're, it's rammed down our throats on news media outlets, and I'm in COVID-19, there's depression, there's outbreaks of suicide. You know, half of it we haven't even, we don't really even understand exactly the effects of all the social distancing. See, human beings are not supposed to be socially distanced. And we could interview uh, Minister Jan, who's a, a wonderful nurse, a gifted, anointed nurse, who's brought many babies into the world, and, uh, and, and Dr. Peggy here as well. They will tell you that babies in neonatal intensive care units, it's actually part of the orders, as I understand it, that they get comforted, they get touched, they get held, they get spoken to. Do you know a baby in a neonatal intensive care unit that doesn't receive that kind of touch and care does not heal as fast as one that does? I don't know whoever did that study. They would be sick to do it. But the truth is that we don't understand the effects of people being locked away for months after months after months. There's great despondency in our culture. There's great despair in our culture. But not so from the throne, not so in God's word. There's hope. Come on, somebody say there's hope. There's hope. There's overflowing hope available for you. Murder rampages. People concerned about global warming. If you lived long enough back in the 70s, the Newsweek, I think, had a front page article. Global cooling. Which one is it? Is it global cooling or global warming? You know, make up your mind. There's so many, so much out there to, to grow weary over, producing fear, despair, and hopelessness. Definition of hope from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing, for a certain thing to happen. Hope in the Hebrew means to expect or to have some sort of expectation. But it's not, it's not merely expecting something to be complete. It's 100% confident that it's going to happen. It's tied to faith. 
There should be no doubt anywhere in your mind concerning the Lord's promises, but so oftentimes we waffle and vacillate. In the Greek, it's to anticipate, usually with pleasure. As a noun, it means favorable, confident expectation to look forward with assurance. This text of Scripture is so profound, and I hope to break it out to you, that you, when you leave this place, would have overflowing hope, overflowing expectation, overflowing anticipation that God is going to do something amazing for you, for your family, for your husband, for your wife for your kids. Overwhelming hope. When you read God's Word, you, you, you can't get away from how amazing God is because if it's dead, He can raise it up. If it's lost, He can find it. If it's broken, He can fix it. He's God. So with God, there is no hopeless situations. There's only people that have grown hopeless. There's only people that have grown hopeless. There is no hopeless situation in God. For the believer, there's no such thing as hopelessness. You read the back of the book and you see that we win. For the believer, the final word is resurrection and heaven and eternity. It's not death and destruction and despair. That's the final word. So even no matter what happens here, you win. Verse 13, may the God of hope, what a powerful prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what I'm experiencing in my life. That is what I'm seeing in the lives of the people that are a part of this place. And maybe this is your very first service and we're so glad you're here. Stick around. And you might find yourself laughing and giggling for the hope, the, the confident assurance of what's in your heart to say, oh, my God, my kids are coming home. Oh, my God. Oh, finances are on the way. Oh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Joy, 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 joy. I was bound. I was addicted. I was afflicted, but I'm free, free, yeah, I'm free. Come on, somebody say, I'm free. God is a God of hope, and he yearns to put that in your heart. He yearns for you to embrace that, to embrace hope. Let get your hope, don't get your hopes up. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Why not? I'm going to get my hopes up. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. I'm, my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, I'm going to get my hopes up because what God said he's going to do, he's not a man that he should lie, so he's going to do it. I'm going to get my hopes up. I'm going to get my hopes up for a global outpouring. I've got my hopes up and have for years that God's going to pour out his spirit, that the golden oil of Zechariah is going to flow to the state of Alaska, down into Canada, over into China. God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. I've got my hopes up. That is what a believer does. He, they, come on, hope comes from God. Get your Hopes up. Say it again. Get your hopes up. God is bigger than your problem. I am 100% confident 
that God can set you free from whatever bondage you find yourself in, whether it be COVID-19, cancer, or the like. It does not matter what you're going through. God can deliver you. Get your hopes up. If he did it for somebody else, he could do it for you. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? Joy and peace right here in the text. Joy and peace come from faith in Jesus. Joy and peace come from faith in Jesus, and that produces hope. Romans 14, 17, turn there. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you enter into the kingdom of God, you experience joy. I was weeping on the front. I was weeping on the front because I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I have this I have an explosion of hope in my heart. I recently had the opportunity of ministering to somebody who in their life is they're just completely hopeless. In their, in their mind, they're addicted to heroin. It's not in their mind, they are addicted to heroin. And they want to be free. And as I ministered to this person and prayed the most fervent, heartfelt, anointed prayer I had. And I prayed for them, and they've got to choose to walk in freedom. They've got to get the help, and they've got to make a choice. And I walked away, and I went inside my house. I got home. I went inside my house, and I was at the kitchen sink. Some of you ladies might understand that. You stand at the kitchen sink and have a revelation. Anybody ever had a revelation at the kitchen sink? I just started weeping. Karen said, are you okay? I said, oh, I'm okay. I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Because I had compassion. I know what it was like to have no hope. I remember what it was like to be lost, to feel like I was cornered and close to death. But even after that, it would be no solace. There'd be no peace. I, I know what it, I, I remember what it was like feeling like I didn't have a friend. And it was all deception and all despair that came from a demonic assignment upon my life. I don't know if you remember what it was like, but I had a good cry and just remembered it. Oh, God, set that person free. And God, thank you for setting me free. What you did for me, God, you could do for anybody if they'll just embrace the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on a cross. He rose again from the grave so you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be afflicted. You can be free. And it brought hope in my heart for, for this person. And if what God brought me through I just know that God's going to bring me through. I know from the word, I know from my experience that whatever faces us all the days of our life, it's going to be good. How do you know that? Because I'm convinced I have hope. I read it in the word and I know. I've got, I've got too many testimonies and I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I know that what God, brought, what, what God is going to do for me, what God's going to do for us, he'll do again and again and again. And if you're here, he's not a respecter of persons. He will help you if you're addicted, you're afflicted, and you're on heroin tonight. You can be set free from that foul demon spirit. You can. You can be delivered from alcohol. You can be delivered from pornography. It's God's intention that you would overflow with hope. I want you to say, lift a hand, lift a hand to heaven and say, God, it's your plan that I would overflow with hope. Every day you should have hope. 
Every day it should well up on the inside. I wonder what God's going to do today. I wonder, oh, I wonder what the Lord's going to do today. Man, maybe today's going to be today. It could be today. Today could be the day. What day? You know, the day. The day of a major breakthrough. And then major breakthroughs come, and you're like, woo, it wasn't the one I was hoping for, but it was these other ones, so hallelujah. Maybe it's tomorrow. Ah. The Holy Spirit's work in the believer is to overflow us with hope. It was like a hope bomb got dropped off in here on the Sunday morning this morning. It was just like, if you can see what I see, I wish I could record it, but that would be weird, you know, a camera doing close-ups of I can see the word going into people. It's, it's a gift to the Spirit. I, I don't know how quite to describe that. And, and I saw all over people hopelessness being broken off this morning as they realized they can make it. Say that. I can make a difference. Say that. I can make it. Say it again. I can make a difference. And hope rising. So many people have raised their children not in hope. You've, you've paid attention to the, the, the runny nose and all the difficulties of the diapers and the, and the, the crying or the colic and whatever, and you, you've focused on that as opposed to what they were going to be and what God was going to do through them. So many people, so you speak words of despair and disparaging words over them. Some of you have been the recipients of that. And so in your own heart, you just, you know, there's just this constant like black cloud over you because you were raised perhaps in a home where your mom or your dad didn't speak hope over you, didn't speak faith over you, didn't speak life over you. You be sure to do that, parents. It's family night, Sunday night. We got kids all up in here on purpose. They're looking at me right now. Start talking about kids. They're like, eh? Yeah, you, you be a dispenser of hope. You be somebody that brings hope to them. You're going to make it. You can do it. You are a world changer. Over and over and over, we would speak to our kids. You've heard my daughter share perhaps before, Pastor Karen, good morning, world changers. She always says that, you know, and it became like, good morning, world changers. But you know what happens? Come on, after, after 21 years of, good morning, world changers. You know, it's kind of like, oh, Mom, can I have some coffee, you know? You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We can just take things for granted, but then they come away and they're out there and they're like, I'm a world changer. Or the, or the enemy will try to whisper something. You're not ever going to do anything. And it's, no, I'm going to change the world. It gets in them. It's, the, it's, it's a word of faith being deposited. You do that to your kids. And if you haven't had that done, well, welcome to Kings. May God's going to encourage you and strengthen you and you will overflow with hope in this place. You can make it. You can do it. You can overcome. You're more than a conqueror. There's nowhere I read in Scripture where God's people are losers. There's nowhere in Scripture where I see the righteous. The righteous are never forsaken or begging bread. You can do it. Come on, say it. I can do it. I am overflowing with absolutely. There's a common expression used with these Gen, Gen Zers. That's dope. I think we should change that and say, it's hope. That's hope, bro. The Holy Spirit's work in your life is to overflow with hope. Well, how does that, how does that happen? How, how does that happen, Pastor? Well, if you're taking notes, I think the first way that that happens is by hearing the Word of God. 
If you'll hear the word of God, and I'll just tell you in my own life, I am, I am taking in more of the word of God than I ever have ever in my whole life. And I'm doing that a number of different ways. I've got an app that, I, that, that reads to me in the morning. And I'm on this Bible reading plan, takes me through the Old Testament once and New Testament twice in a year. And I don't know what day I'm on, 200 or whatever it is. We started in January. And so we're, we're constantly listening to that. It's first thing in the morning I do. I get my coffee, bam. You know, I say, good morning, Jesus. Oh, I love you, my Lord, my God, my King, my everything. Those are some of the first words that come out of my mouth. Not, oh, God, I got to go to morning prayer. Well, on occasion, it is like that. <laughs> Liars go to hell. Amen. So sometimes, ah, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, I got to, oh, God, oh, oh, my Lord, my God, my King, my everything. God, I worship you. <laughs> and then I got to count to three. One, two, Karen, <laughs> morning prayer. Or she's doing that to me. You gonna get up for morning prayer? Like you lead today. You get up and lead. God just being real. It's not every morning. It's just most mornings. Very bad. <laughs> One, two, two and a half, three. I have a technique. I'll show it to you. Here's my technique. Oh, we'll do it over here so everybody can see. Here's my technique. There it is. I'm lying there. I'm lying in the bed. Uh, Karen! Uh, I know I got to get up. And so I'm lying there on the bed. I find the edge of the bed. I'm like, God, one. I love you, Jesus. Two. Oh, God. And I, I literally put my ankle on the side of my bed, and I go three, and I spin myself around. I go, oh. I feel 25 most of the time, except at 6 in the morning. I don't feel 25 at 6 in the morning. I feel every bit of 35. Amen. I get out of bed and I go down. The, I'm on, while I'm on my way to brew the most insane cup of coffee, which I do nearly every morning, and, and Pastor Karen comes and, and, and just rejoices every time I do. I go down and I make coffee while I'm making coffee. First of all, I leave the door of the bedroom open so she hears the grinder and hears everything that's happening. The fragrance, the aroma fills the house. It's the sweet aroma of, there's got to be coffee in heaven. Come on, somebody. And I press play on the next day on my phone. I don't just do that. My son does that. Where's, where's Daniel? Raise your hand, son. Where are you at? There he is on camera. Okay, he does the same thing. You know who else does it? Pastor Karen. You know why? Because you need to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when you hear the word, and, I've, and I study the word, and I have some other times of, of devotion, and I pray, and when you hear the word, you can't help but begin to overflow with hope. How God did it for Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament and how he wiped out an imp impossible victory, but he got this prophetic word in 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe the prophets and prosper. And he did, and he did prosper. Come on, I, you just begin to think about the things that you're going through. God is able to do it for you. He did it for Jehoshaphat. Come on, he did it for the Apostle Paul. He did it for anybody who will lie, rely on, lean on, trust in him. He releases hope, and he does the thing that he said he was going to do. So hope, overflowing hope comes by getting in God's word. In Romans 15, 4, 
Listen to this. For everything that is written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and encouragement they provide, we might have hope. You don't believe me? Turn there. Romans 15, turn there. Go ahead, turn there. Some of you don't read the Word. The only time you read the Word is when I'm preaching to you. That's not good. If the only time you ate is when you came to church, you would be really having some physical problems. And again, some of you need to eat less. But the point is, Romans 15, verse 4. Are you all there? For everything that is written, all of Scripture written in the past, is written to teach us. It's to, it's to what? To teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures. There's endurance taught in the Scriptures. You know what endurance is? You know what a, you know what a, a long-distance runner has? Endurance. It's strength to finish the race. Endurance. You'll, you, if you're lacking endurance, you feel like quitting. You're not in the Word enough. I'm a, I'll be right back. Amen, Pastor. That's a good word. Hey, praise God. Endurance. Come on, someone say endurance. endurance. Taught in the Scriptures. And the encouragement they provide. Scripture provides encouragement. We might have hope. Hope comes from the Word of God. If you're feeling hopeless, I'm just telling you, you're probably not connected to the vine. Some people try to abide in the branches. I'm going to go over here because I'm not feeling the love down the middle. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, he'll bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. Right? If you try to abide in the branches, you know what the branches are? That's people. You try to trust in people, you're going to be sorely disappointed over and over and over and over again. But those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who hope in God shall renew their strength. Even the young men grow weary. <laughs> but us old dudes got hope. Come on, somebody say amen. People that trust in God have hope, whether you're old or young. You trust in the arm of the flesh, no matter how strong or how much endurance you think you have, it will fail you, and the Lord will make sure it does. Because like Gideon with his army, the Lord says, your army's too big. Excuse me? Yeah, your army's too big. Go down and have them lap up water and pick 300 men. He picks 300 against an impossible, it was already impossible odds. Send everybody else back except for the 300 that drink rightly. Why? Well, I don't want anybody to take credit. The Lord, I'm paraphrasing. It's in Judges. We just went through it in my little scripture reading in the morning. I don't want anybody to take credit for it. I'm going to take the credit. Nobody could take credit. Then 300 people wipe out this gigantic army. They'll say, there's got to be God. Your time with God. Listen, God wants to meet you in the quiet time that you never have. God wants to empower you through the scripture that you're not reading. God wants to release overflowing hope to you, to us. But we have to spend time with them in the word. We got to spend time with them in prayer. And when you're reading your Bible and you're praying and you're worshiping him, he'll bring your heart before the burning bush of his presence. And when that happens... 
you get filled with a zeal and a fire and a, and a, and a, a faith and a hope that with God, nothing is impossible. And if you'll stay in that place, come on, you got to cultivate that. There's all kinds of despair and all kinds of things all around, swirling around to try to pull us down, but God wants you to overflow with hope. How? Get in your word. Get in prayer. Get in church. Listen, church is not some optional thing. You know, many people that don't, I should pick on the abiding in the branches some more. You don't praise God for the fishing trip and all that. I love fishing. I love catching, actually. I don't really care for fishing too much. I love catching. It's wonderful. Amen. But that is not a substitute for being in the house of God, hearing the word coming under the power of God in a corporate anointing. There's no substitute for that. I'm going to worship God catching a big old king too. Amen. Glory to God. That is not a substitute for church. First John talks about that. You come away from, from, I mean, you come under the word today. Look how many people Sunday night. You've come Sunday morning, some of you. Some of you are in all three services thus far, and you'll be here Wednesday. And you're serving at camp. Why? Because there's this overflowing hope and faith and encouragement and strength that comes. Our hopes in Jesus, would you say that? Our hopes in Jesus. So hope is, hope is really essential to living this life in God. Listen, to be a Christian and have no hope, that's not biblical. It doesn't even, it's like an oxymoron. It's like a jumbo shrimp. Jumbo shrimp. A hopeless, I should say, a hopeless Christian. Christians, when connected to Christ, when abiding in him, in the vine, you will have the life of God flowing through you. Through the word and through prayer and through worship and through fellowship, you can't help but be filled with hope. Like I said, if you're struggling with hopelessness and despair, just keep coming. And start reading the word and start connecting and start soaking yourself in the things of God. Hope's essential to live this life. It helps us keep on going. It motivates us hope. Dr. Morocco, I think, did a series on hope, and one of his messages, um, I always remembered, he said, you know, golf, I know why people like golf. And he said, because it's a game of hope. You know, what does that mean? Golf's a game of hope. Because when, when you're out there and you, you know, you, you, tee, you, you tee off, you make a drive, and you shank that thing, goes in the woods. You got to drop another one, and maybe you find it, and you get to throw it out. Well, there's three, you know. You know, on a par four, and you, 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 you get the ball up on the green in about seven shots. Well, I know some of you are like awesome golfers, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, and you get the ball on the green at about seven, and you take four or five times to put it into that little hole. I mean, who invented that game? The Scotch, Scottish. And then you finally get it in. And okay, so, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, 10 on a par four. That's not good. And that's just like, you know, you can sit there and have some sorrow for a second, but there's another hole. And you walk onto the other hole, and it's like, I might get a hole in one this time. That's deception. It's a game, it's a game of hope that every new hole is like, maybe this time I'll hit it right. 
Listen, as you exhibit hope before God, God gives you power and strength to go on. We work together. Hope defined here in the Apostle Paul's life. Let's look at this. There's three things here in the text, and I won't hold you long. Verse 14, I want you to look at this. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with the knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Wow. You know what I realize he's doing? Can I just be like unspiritual for a second and say that's totally not the way they are? They're jacked. Okay, so he could have ripped them. Like, what is wrong with you people? He said, I've spoken to you quite boldly. You know what he's doing right here? He's speaking faith. He's speaking hope. He's prophesying. He says, I'm convinced that you're full of strength and wisdom and that you can teach each other. That's what he's doing. He's releasing hope. It's like he's declaring, he's declaring what God's will and intention is over them. Some of you need to do that over your own life. He could have ripped them. But no, he says, I myself am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness. He had hope for the believers in Rome. He'd never even been there. Where is the hope that we have for each other? Have hope for each other. Speak life over each other. Anybody can rip anybody. Anybody can just, oh, uh, uh, last time you did that. Uh, uh, oh, it's like your father. It's like your mother. It's like your brother. How about, how about speak life? How about speak hope over people? It's like Jesus. What did Jesus say to, uh, to Peter? Simon, Simon. You will be Peter, and upon this rock. Peter is not a rock at the time of the word, I'm going to call you Peter. It's like, it's like the Lord coming to Gideon, and where is Gideon? Gideon's in a wine press, and he's threshing wheat. He's hiding. He's chicken. Yellow belly chicken. He's scared. He's terrified that the Midianites are going to steal all his wheat. So he's hiding out in a closet, threshing the wheat. And an angel comes and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Ah! What? Mighty man of valor. Mighty man of valor? What are you doing, you, you sissy? You're afraid and you're hiding. That's not what the angel says. Hey, sissy. Hey, you little sissy. What are you hiding from the Midianites for? Get over here. How many times I got to tell you for God's sake? What is wrong with you? Could the angel have said that? I'm the least of my clan. We're the smallest clan in all of Israel. My father's an idol. Yes. Mighty man of valor. And he has to do all these things until he's convinced that God has defined him by the cry of his heart, by the cry of the kingdom. He's defined him and said, no, Gideon, you are going to be a deliverer. Come on, say that. I am going to be a deliverer. Let hope rise. Let hope. This is what Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul, saying to the church in Rome. It's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Simon, Simon. I'm going to call you Peter, which is Cephas, which is rock. He's going to change his name and calls him a rock. Man, that guy put his foot in his mouth. Some rock. 
He ran from a little girl in a fire. He was no rock. But he would become a rock. Hope. Overflowing hope. Lift your hands. Overflowing hope. Say it. I have overflowing hope. Say it again. I have overflowing hope. Verse 17. Hope is seeing God at work and not glorifying ourselves. I had somebody tell me, which I don't know. I hear it, I hear it pretty frequently now. Um, I didn't hear it early on, but I hear it now. I've heard people say, but don't you get prideful. Well, amen. How many of you know that's a good prayer? You should stay humble. You know, if you don't have, if you don't stay humble, God has no problem humbling you. I, I don't care for being humbled. Don't like it too much. But I'm happy that he knows how to keep us. Somebody said this to me just recently. You don't get prideful as the church really explodes. Things are exploding. Don't you get prideful? I'm like, well, amen. You, you keep me in prayer. And then usually I have conversation with Pastor Karen like, they're obviously not aware of my incredible shortcomings. <laughs> no, you guys are laughing. I, I mean, I, I tied my shoes tonight. I've got, I've got bandwidth and giftings. I understand that. But then I'm acutely aware of my shortcomings. I thank God he's given us a dream team here. Thank God for Pastor Kirsten. Thank God for the team of people that he's assembled. It's the whole window in the mirror principle as leadership. You know, when things are great, look out the window and just give credit to everybody that's making it happen. You all are building this building. I'm not building the building. We are doing it. Everybody say, we. Until we have a problem, then it's my fault. And that is leadership. That is leadership. You would, oh, that's not, that's not fair. No, if you're leading something and it crashes and burns, which it won't, come on, somebody say amen. You're leading something and it doesn't work out. Just look in the mirror, Bubba. But when it's going good, what are you going to break your arm to pat yourself on the back? The Lord will humble you. The Apostle Paul's saying, he's saying, man, I don't glory in myself. Look at verse 17. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God. He says, it's not me, it's God. Now listen, understand, it's not all God either because you have to align your, your will. You have to do your part. Now, you can't raise the dead, you can't heal the sick, but you can deliver the message. We're all male men and male women, male people. Delivery, boys and girls. God is the one who brings. Get your eyes off of yourself. Listen, the, long, the more you look at yourself in the mirror, the fatter you get. Does anybody ever notice that? Does, oh, no? You never notice that? Don't try it. It's, it's, come on. The more you stare at your shortcomings, the more you... Man, is my nose getting bigger? Yes, your nose will get bigger all of your life. It never stops growing. Did you know that? So you might have had a small nose when you are younger, but it's going to be a schnoz by the time it's over. Some of you are like, oh God, my nose is already big. I know. Thank God. Thank God he gives overflowing hope. Come on, somebody. 
And his hope was to spread the gospel. And he's saying, it's God through me. Everybody say, through me. Through Come on, you heard me say it before. If you just think it's all, it's all God, it's all God. It's not all God. That's stupid. False humility. Thank you, Pastor God. That's what that is. No, you had to get your carcass out of bed, go to morning prayer. So did I. You had to get up and come to church tonight. You decided to open your mouth and sing or not. God will not do what you're supposed to do, and you can't do what he does. You do what you can do. God will do the rest. You tr the duty is ours. What is that? How is that duty is ours? And Well, you look so pretty, so it doesn't matter. I got it. Duty is ours. Results belong to God. You know what that means? That means that, that's uh, John Adams' wife, whose name was something Adams. They had the same last name. <laughs> Duty is ours. Results belong to God. You know, all we've done here over the years, just keep showing up. Guess what else we're going to keep doing? We're going to keep showing up, and we're going to keep having overflowing hope. <laughs> I'm going to continually tell you that you can be free. I'm going to continually tell you that your kids are going to come home. I'm going to continually tell you that God's on the throne and the devil's been defeated. I will tell you over and over and over the truth of God's word, that the good work that God began, he will complete into the day of Christ Jesus. I will tell you time and time again, get your hopes up. Get your faith up. If he brought you this far, ah, he can bring you all the way. He didn't give you a desire to figure all that out in the market and leave you frustrated. Amen. You're going to figure it out. Touch his mind. Give him a dream. Show him. Show him the equations. Release the spirit of wisdom and revelation to him. Oh, sorry. John Quincy Adams, it wasn't his wife. Okay, there's another Adams in there. John Quincy Adams. Duty is ours, results belong to God. John Quincy Adams. Thank you, Pastor Karen. His hope was to spread Jesus everywhere. So let me conclude this to say and ask you, what is your personal hope? What hopes do you have? What are you believing that God's going to do? And if you're saying in your side, well, I don't know. Well, then you, then you, you need to not listen to his message over again. How about heal your marriage? How about touch your kids? How about, how about move forward and, and, and learn more and grow more in the knowledge of God? How about, how about increase in anointing and, and calling and purpose in your life? What, what are you hoping for? I mean, seriously, you should have it written down. What are your hopes? Do you have goals? Do you have, what are your goal, goals, hopes? They, they line up. They should line up. What are you hoping for? I want to be more fruitful. I want to be more like Jesus. I have a great hope for my children to fulfill their purpose and destiny. Great hope. I have a hope they're, they're going to marry the right people. Can you say amen? amen? Pastor Karen says they will. 
What's your hope? What are you hoping for? What's the hope of our church? We're in the midst of a, a thing, a vision that we call Vision 500. Our hope is by next May, we'll have 500 extensions. That's, that's a big jump from where we're at, but I remember when we had three, so we're over 300 now. 500 by next May. Come on, I believe that we'll, we'll open in Dillingham. I mean, we already have people in Dillingham. Come on, raise your hands in Dillingham. Let the power of God come on. What would happen in Dillingham if all, all six of you or however many are gathered right now would be so overwhelmed with hope that you just go around and begin to tell everybody and gather them for Wednesday night? I'm telling you, Wednesday night's going to be off the chain. Don't miss it. Hope. What would happen? What could happen in Dillingham? What could happen in King Salmon? What could happen in the hundred villages around Alaska that don't have a gospel witness if leadership would rise and have a hope that Alaska can be saved, that, that the United States can be saved? What would happen? Come on, Vision 500. Uh, we're going to be thousands of churches one day. It all starts with a hope. It all starts with vision, a dream. I've, I've already sat in our new lobby drinking a double espresso out of a beautiful demi-toss cup looking at the 77,000 cars that go by with a great revival. I've already seen it. I've already seen hundreds. I see RVs streaming into Wasilla, pulling into our property. I see, I see standing there looking out the window and I see a stream of cars coming across the flats and coming in and they're all coming because a great revival has been declared and the signs and wonders and miracles and the blind see and the deaf hear. I have a hope, I have a dream, I've seen, I'm overflowing with hope. We'll not only finish our building, we'll see that thing paid off. And not only that, we're gonna see people saved and healed and delivered. I have a hope in my heart. I got a hope in my heart for a great awakening. I have a hope in my heart for a great revival. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven and call on his name. Let him fill you full of hope. You're going to make it. You can overcome. Sickness, infirmity, disease cannot stay. Let the power of God come on you today. Holy Spirit, come. Release hope. Come on, let's worship God. We set our hope on you. We set our hope on your Come on. love. We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. You are the everlasting Release God. If you need a miracle all across this place, step out from where you are. And it doesn't matter how far back we, we're stacked in the front. I want you just to come and lift your hands to heaven. If you need hope tonight, step out from where you are. Come all the way up to the stairs. 
as we continue to worship, God is going to, if you're struggling with depression, this is a service for you. You have that thing broken off of you and let your hope rise. Let your heart swell and be filled with the Spirit tonight. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you desire that, you come right now. I want my pastors and ministers and my healing team. Come on, come. Come on, come. You need a touch from God. You need hope. Hope for your family. Hope for your kids. Hope for your marriage. Hope for your finances. Let overflowing hope come to you right now. Come on, all the way up to the stairs. The goodness of the
your hopes up. It's going to be all right. It's going to be more than all right. It's going to be amazing. Why? Because God is on the throne. And His Holy Spirit and the power of His Word is at work on the inside of each and every one of us. People need to hear hope. Be a hope dispenser. Be somebody that releases hope. Get your hopes up. Put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, put it on your feed. Put it everywhere, get your hopes up. People need hope. People are scared, and really they don't need to be. God is more than able to do that which most concerns you, even exceedingly abundantly above or beyond all that we could even ask or think.
suicide off of Dillingham in the name of Jesus. Break the power of darkness and hopelessness off of our land. Break it off of Alaska. Break it off of America. We declare you're holy. of destructive thinking when he says all this message about hope it's just even hard for you to believe it because the enemy comes with I'm going to pray for this in just a moment but the enemy comes and says one little thing to you and it's like a spiral and you can't make it stop and it's hopelessness and despair and it's like it's just a, a, a circular stairway and you just fall down it you don't even so I want to pray for you if that's you, why don't you just lay your hands on your head and I'm just going to pray. And Father, right now I speak to every devil that's been given permission to whisper into their ears and I break every assignment from hell that's been sent to send in patterns of destructive thinking, patterns of, of broken thinking, lies and deception. We break it off in the name of Jesus. That initial lie that sends them into hopelessness and despair, we break it off. I pray the truth of your word would shine forth. Your voice would demolish the patterns of thinking. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood over their mind. May hopelessness and despair brought on by a pattern of broken thinking end. We command you to cease and desist. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. 
to take that just a step further. Because even now, as Pastor Kirsten prayed, you still have that thing saying, shut up. If that's you, you want to be free from that, step out from where you are. I know it's a bold step. Step out from where you are. Come right here. You'll never have to deal with it again. Come right now. Even if it's just one person. Where are you? As you come, lift your hands. Lift your hands, son. Lift your hands, Daniel. In the name of Jesus. I preach your hope. despair. Speak life. They need to hear it. Play the word in your homes. Play it when they're sleeping. Fill your house with worship. Turn off the news. Man, anybody could get demonized with fear of listening to that. Please hear me. I'm not saying that's happening in your homes. I just know there's a whole generation that need to know that they're going to change the world. You two precious girls are called to change the According to the order of Melchizedek. So 
When I looked at that, I said, Lord, but what does that really mean? I don't understand. I have this hope that's an anchor, but I'm supposed to move with you. And he, I saw this, I saw my body and there was two bubbles and there was, I saw Jesus as the hope and this anchor dropped into my soul and anchored my soul into my spirit. So your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. So on my phone, I made up, I wrote this and I keep it on my phone as a reminder, Jesus is the anchor of my mind, will and emotions because it doesn't matter what's going on here. If we abide in him, then he's that anchor that is firmly steadfast within your spirit. So then when you move with him according to the spirit, just like Romans 8 talks about moving in the spirit. When you move forward, you know that your emotions and your will and your mind have to follow suit with the spirit. It forever changed my perspective of what hope was to me. Because it wasn't just something that I was looking at and reaching for. It was something I had that anchored me completely. So. Come on, just lift your hands all across this place. Service is almost concluded. But really it never ends. If you've never made a decision for Jesus, don't you leave this place in that condition. Give your life to Christ for the first time or make a recommitment to him if you've drifted away. If that's you, you want to make a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time or you want to recommit because you drifted, you've compromised. He's not your first love anymore, but you want to come home. You say, that's me, Pastor. Wonderful. Why don't you repent right now? I'll lead you in prayer. Pray this with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. I'm sorry. Wash me now. Cleanse me now. Be my Lord and Savior. And help me to fulfill the purpose for which I was created. Fill me full of hope. And use me in the end time harvest. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender to God all across this place? Be blessed. Be filled to overflowing with hope. God will complete that which he started. He's the author, he's the perfecter, he's the finisher.
the Lord is taking you by the hand, son. And he's going to lead you into a place that you have never been before. That which you think has disqualified you is working together with the Spirit of God by truth to bring together a mighty hammer of deliverance, a mighty hammer of freedom, a mighty hammer of presence and power to break the chains that bind so many. Your testimony will be a source of hope and a source of strength to all that hear it. I'm putting my hand upon you as you've put your hand to the plow now. The enemy would want you to go like a, like a tumbleweed here and there from pillar to post. But the Lord is giving you roots. And as you grow now rooted and grounded, you'll find transformation being released not only to you but through you to touch and to change a broken hurting desperate world that needs to hear your story the holy spirit i bless your son right now there were fiery darts that were fired at you from a young age you're so full of possibility and potential but it wasn't recognized or even fostered or encouraged the way the Lord would have done it or had it done. Because people can't give what they don't have. But the Lord is taking you now and going to begin to speak life and strength to you and you're going to find your legs coming underneath you in a strength and a power like a, like a rod of iron down your backbone and you will stand and see the deliverance of the Lord for your whole family. Your whole family, says the Lord. I've called you by name. You've been so humbled in circumstances. There is a call of ministry on you. And if you'll just say yes keep showing up. I will do it. I believe in you. So blessed to see you there today.
sing it. you will see you Wednesday thank you for joining today's podcast if God is impacting your life through this ministry you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com also don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one